Can't repeat that enough. A peace of mind in uncertain times. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, check it out. The captain's website. That's globalthreatsolutions.com. Peace of mind in these very much uh, uncertain times. You have to mention Captain Ken Bombay's. Um, Cap, welcome. Um, you know, we have heard the rumors over the last uh, couple of days and obviously confirmed uh, late yesterday, late into the night, regarding a ceasefire and a four-day truce for the release of 50 of the uh, maybe 239, 240 hostages or so. Uh, I've got uh, mixed reactions uh, myself on this. Um, what do you think of all this? Welcome. Yeah. Morning, Jay. Um, yeah, so last night, basically, they announced that they're going to do this four-day truce, and it's going to be a truce that will restrict Israel's air and ground campaign, basically stop it. Uh, Israel's calling it a, a pause just to allow these 50 hostages to be released. They also have a deal where every day they will extend one day, one 24-hour period beyond that four-day truce for every additional 10 hostages. And, and like you, I have a lot of concerns about this. I know that President Herzog, uh, Israel's president, said that it's you know he's very concerned about this, but ultimately he supports President uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the cabinet deciding to move forward with this. Um, you know what it is, Jay? It, nobody wants to see Hamas be given a break. At least the people who are supporting strongly supporting Israel, no one wants to see them given a break where they can regroup. However, you have to remember, it's very easy when we sit and report on this every day to look at numbers, 239, 240, and you forget that these are humans over there, and these families are waiting, and they're, they're pleading with the government every day to get them back. So I think the Israelis, this shows you, it's you know, indicative of their value for human life, and they're going to give them this four-day truce to get those people back. And I think the hostages, all 50 of them, are going to be women and children. Um, and in exchange, of course, now remember, not only are they giving them this truce, they're also giving them hundreds of trucks of supplies, equipment, um, fuel, and supplies. So they'll go in there. Undoubtedly, you and I would probably agree that a lot of that's going to end up in the hands of Hamas. It's, it's a sacrifice they have to make right now to get these hostages. Plus, they're also releasing 150 Palestinian prisoners. But we're being told that that is strictly women and children, and there'll be no one release that was involved in any way in the attack on October 7th. Cap, how much influence how much influence did the White House have on brokering this deal? I think when Qatar and the U.S., U.S. being the bigger hand in this uh, involved in, in this deal, I'd say they, have a, they had a significant amount. Um, but I would say ultimately the Israelis are, have a lot of fortitude, and I think they, they don't bend to pressure easily, and ultimately I think it was an Israeli decision, and the people of Israel want their, their hostages back. And I think ultimately that's what pushed them to this deal. In fact, Jay, it took six hours of debate before they did approve this, and it was highly emotional during that debate. Again, I'd say Israel, I mean the U.S., as far as any foreign entity, had the strongest influence, but this was an Israeli decision. Yeah, and um... We'll, we'll see how it I – mean, I mean, here's the thing. I got mixed reviews, and listen, I want those hostages released. I really do. Um, I would like to have seen more. We're doing a ceasefire on this for four days. They could regroup. It's always been drummed into my head. You don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm just wondering if Donald Trump was in the White House, 
I don't think this would ha- have happened, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Joe Biden pressured uh, Benjamin Netanyahu as far as how to go about this whole thing. Uh, I don't trust Hamas. No one could trust Hamas for the carnage that took place back on October 7th. Um, you know, I, I, I got very little flexibility in my thinking of this whole thing. The 50 is huge to be free and re- be reunited with their families. But I got to tell you, I, I don't trust them. Um, how can you? This is a group of monsters not of this planet, obviously getting their marching orders through Iran. We know that. But quite frankly, uh, Netanyahu is probably being torn apart on this internally, I would think. Oh, I think if it were completely up to him, it probably wouldn't be happening. I think he's getting a lot of pressure from the Israeli people and, and the families directly to, to to make this work, plus the U.S. Um, trying to make this work. Um, you know, a lot of things you have to consider, Jay, when this, by doing this, like you said, I have big reservations with this, is, first of all, it's going to allow Hamas to regroup. Now, it gives them a pause. And with that pause and that regrouping allows them, first of all, they're going to probably be acquiring a good amount of the food and fuel and equipment that's going to be moving into Gaza as part of this deal. And that's the last thing we want to see. But also, Jay, the the Hamas has been really restricted to these tunnels because of this constant targeting by Israeli forces. So they've had limited operational visibility, and now we're going to give them four days where they're going to kind of emerge, and they're going to get it's going to it's going to have a big impact on their operations because they're going to get some visibility of what's going on. It's going to be an advantage for them. There's no way around it, and we're allowing that to happen. Um, another a story that came out, Jay, I don't know if you saw this, it was a Fox Opinion piece, but basically that they say President Biden's been funding both sides. You know, we all know about the Iron Dome and the support we give Israel ongoing, but according to uh, OPEC, President Trump had this maximum pressure campaign, and it really restricted Iranian the Iranian regime's revenue from illicit exports of crude oil and, and also direct U.S. assistance to Gaza um, and the Palestinians. He cut back significantly on that, but they're saying that under President Biden, when he came in, he did this non-enforcement of sanctions that began in 2021, and it allowed Iran to amass over $66 billion by the end of 22. And also, they think that number is going to reach over $100 billion by December 23. That's a lot of money. And that's going to, not to Iran, which we know funds Hamas, and also directly to Palestine and to Gaza. Um, And that, you know, there's no way around it. We know that Hamas acquired much of that money that came in there, and they're using that money and used that money to launch this attack on October 7th. Yeah, uh, no question. No question about it. The captain with us, Global Threat Report. Uh, without question. And listen, uh, Iran continues to thrive, uh, not only on the, uh, the god-awful uh, nuclear deal, but they, we know that they have significant revenue regarding oil sales. And, you know, China reaps benefits of that in a big way, okay? China reaps the benefits, and 
that's why in this ridiculous meeting that uh, Biden had with G last week in San Francisco, which really, to me, nothing came out of it outside of the fact that G was only there to warm up to Biden even more so. And he wants to see Joe Biden in the White House for four more years. And why not? Why not? G knows that uh, China has the best of the United States at this point in time. And new leadership, uh, especially that of Donald Trump, uh, does not bode well for Xi uh, and China. So, uh, in essence, that's what you have going on right now. And it's uh, it's like a chess game, you know. Um, but, in essence, Iran continues to thrive and continues to fortify uh, these terrorist groups, that being Hamas and Hezbollah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we were essentially energy independent a little over two years ago and i'm not sure why we why do we we've been over this every day we're on pretty much but why do we not have these massive sanctions on iran the same way we do on russia and and by the way russia never directly attacked the united states um and we have the strongest sanctions in world history is the way they were described against russia and meanwhile iran Jay, since the beginning of this, has attacked us now over 66 times, you know, through their proxy groups. Why are we not, you know, this is childish. We know this is Iran. Everyone knows, our intelligence knows, the world knows it's Iran. Why are we not launching those devastating sanctions? I don't understand. And we we lifted those, uh, you know, the non-enforcement of those sanctions under President Biden. That had a big impact on funding for these you know, they're the largest state sponsor of terror, and we see what they're doing with it. You know, um, and President Biden also, recently, he had an opinion piece that he put out. And, and in that opinion piece, he supports a two-state solution. Now, obviously, I, I would say I would not support a one-state solution. I'd agree with him as far as that goes. But I don't think that a two-state solution is going to work either. And, you know, because the problem is the Palestinian people, Jay, their problem isn't Israel. Their problem is their leadership. It's Hamas. That's why this happened. And I think until that is changed, we're not going to see any difference over there. And I'll tell you, there's another part of that uh, formula is that I don't think a lot of people want to talk about it. But I think the majority of the Palestinian people support Hamas and what they did. And that's a problem. Nobody wants to discuss that. But, I mean, what's going to come next? They're talking about possibly, I know President Biden mentions the Palestinian Authority taking over Gaza. Is it going to be any different? Are we going to see a big difference in the ideology of the Palestinian people towards Israel? Because I think right now this conflict has only strengthened. After this conflict, I think the hatred and the animosity we're going to see between uh, Hamas and between the Palestinians and Israel, it's only going to be stronger. So I'm not sure uh, what the answer to this is, but I'm not sure a two-state solution. That's what pretty much essentially what we had was a two-state solution. And they launched an attack and went over and beheaded babies and killed people and raped women. So I'm not sure that's the answer going forward. But right now, I think the only strategy is to completely destroy Hamas, disarm them, and, yeah. and hopefully the, they could come up with... I think Israel's going to have to have a security posture in Gaza going forward, at least in the near future. There's no way around it. I agree with you. I mean, it's the only way to do it. Now, listen, that's why, you know, this whole thing with the ceasefire and four-day truce and release of only 50 hostages. You know, you want to tell me you're releasing 239 of these hostages, of the hostages in full? You know, I could I could go along with it. 50, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if I would comply with it. 
you give a chance for this group to regroup, re-weaponize, and everything else. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it, to be honest with you. And I agree. The only way to solve this issue is to eradicate this group. You know, I hear all these individuals on on these different shows, you know, sound off regarding the genocidal acts of Israel and everything else. You know, not one individual talks about the fact of Hamas using individuals as human shields, civilians over there, intertwining in these hospitals and schools and playgrounds and everything else. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the 1,400 slaughtered, the music festival, 260 mowed down. I mean, nobody talks about that enough. Um, people forget. You know, you get the Susan Sarandons of the world who sound off, uh, who hasn't who wasn't made a good movie in 50 years, by the way. Uh, why anyone listens to her is beyond belief. But in essence, you know, the thing you get out of all this is that people don't know the facts. They don't know the history of what took place way back 1947. We go back all the time and talk about it. And still, though, the spewing of this venom and everything else, people are so misinformed on this. Um, it's it's no wonder why we have all that's going on in the world today. Yeah, uh, uh, ignorance is a big part of this, Jack. To look at the college campuses, it's embarrassing embarrassing like a lot of these parents should ask for their money back because these kids they don't even have a general understanding but they get into this, this mind state of victimization they're like well i want to be in the, they they're taught that the palestinians are victims and then they want to be on the side of the victims because it makes them righteous that's why they do this and it's we, it's something i think we need to change in this country and quickly um oh, yeah. i think that yeah so i mean until we address those issues, and in the general rise of anti-Semitic behavior, Jay, it's really alarming right now. I mean, it, it's been on, it was on the rise before October 7th. Now, it's astronomical, the numbers that we're seeing. And, and I'll tell you, it's, it's not just here. There was just a, an article out where in Ger- the German police had to raid homes because they targeted these, these 15 men and, and more people, that suspects that were posting anti-Semitic material online and supporting Hamas and what they did to the Israelis. This is contagious, this type of anti-Semitism that we've seen in America. It's really alarming to me to see Americans be able to, you know, come out of the dark. You know, there's always been this fringe. There's people out there, groups, uh, even even, uh, neo-Nazi groups, never had a big impact on America. They've always, you know, been, been in the dark. Now, we have prominent people out there that are displaying anti-Semitic behavior. And it's like, when you make that popular, when you make it okay to be anti-Semitic, that's a scary thing in the United States. It is. It is uh, tough to turn around hatred, tough to turn around ignorance. And we've got plenty of that uh, going along here. So uh, we'll keep an eye on things, Cap. It's supposed to happen within 24 hours. Uh, as far as the release of the hostages, uh, women and children, women and children first, uh, and certainly uh, something to keep an eye on over this holiday weekend. Uh, Captain, I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Can't thank you enough for all the great work you do with us. Thanks, Jay. You have a great Thanksgiving, too, and we'll, we'll talk soon. You got it.